This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. And it's going to be called Overflow, Cultivating a Generous Spirit. And it is that time of season, like Pastor Rob was saying, that uh, we start thinking about giving, uh, thankfulness at Thanksgiving, and and how the greatest gift of all was the Lord Jesus Christ. That God loved us so much that He did climb every mountain. He did bust down the wall. His, His love brought Jesus to us, our Redeemer. So we're going to look at uh, and get some principles from the Word of God that will cause us to be successful, that will cause us to increase. How many are ready for increase? There's always more in God. Uh, there's no limits to what He will do in your life. And, and God is a rich God. Everybody agree that God's rich? I mean, you look at planet Earth. You look at the mountains. You look at the streams. You look at the trees, the birds. You, you just look at Earth and you know that God's rich. It says that He owns it all. You find that in uh, Psalms 24, but uh, 23 actually, that the... Earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. But He is, is rich. Uh, it was interesting. The other day I saw a, a, a news special. They were talking about the Hubble telescope. How many have heard the Hubble telescope has opened up space to us in a greater way than ever before? And the Hubble telescope is, I think it was 750,000 miles from Earth. And it, it was it's given us just open our eyes to, to the universe. And every time I look at space and think about how big God is, I think, God, I've limited you. First time I went up in the airplane, broke up above the clouds, and I could see for miles. I said, God, I repent. I have limited you. <laughs> You're a big God. And in this special, it, it, was, it was interesting, this James Webb telescope. I don't know if you've heard of that. It will take the place of the Hubble telescope is a hundred times stronger than the Hubble. And it's going to be put 1.5 million miles from Earth. Now everything is fine and what they're saying, I'm just fascinated by it. I enjoy space and you know hearing about all this. But they ended the program with this statement. And I couldn't help but just start laughing. They said that this new telescope is going to be so powerful, we will, it will take us to the edge of the universe and we'll see where the universe began. Some of you hit the same way as it hit me. I just started laughing, shaking my head. Yeah, they think they're going to find the end of the universe. Say, not going to happen. They're just going to discover God's much, much more bigger than we thought but he is that rich but he's also a generous God he's generous he's given us life he's given us his son he's adopted us into his very own family he's promised us provision he's promised us uh, abundant life peace fulfillment he's promised us blessing he said that he would give us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's made these promises to us. 
He's given us his divine nature that we would not taste of the corruption that is in the world. Wow, what a great God we, we serve. He's a generous God. Say, he's generous. And he's generous above what we can even think or imagine. It says the, the grace and knowledge of God multiplies uh, our understanding of God. Uh, as we learn of him, we see just how generous he really is. I'm so glad he's a good God. He could have been a bad God. We had no say in the matter. He's always been. He's never had a beginning. That makes him pretty big right there when you think about it. And if you meditate on that for a while, your mind can tilt. It doesn't take long. God never had a beginning. He's always existed. Everything that we know, everything we touch and see had a beginning, an ending. But God has no beginning and no ending. Say he's big. But it's hard for us to grasp many times if we've struggled, uh, we've gone through difficult times, and maybe you're going through a pattern that you just seem like you can't get over the hump and all these things are going on. It, it, it helps us or it hurts us to think of God as generous. But he's a generous God. In fact, he wants to bless us more than we want to be blessed. He wants to give to us more than we want to receive. That's how big he is. God wants us to prosper. Say prosper. Now prosperity isn't just in the financial realm. We're going to talk about that. But it's in your marriage. It's on the job. It's in your business. It's in your relationships, your friendships. It's in your body, your health. It's in every single area of life. God wants you to prosper. He has purchased and paid for you to have prosperity. Isn't that great? I mean, he wants to prosper in all areas. He wants you blessed in every area of life. Poverty or lack is not a blessing. I mean, can attest to that. Lack, shortage, in the Bible is called a curse. But many times through our experience, we will take what's happening to us as if it's the will of God. Because of what we see around us and what we're going through, we'll say it must be the will of God. But we have to go to a higher source than what we're seeing around us. Or maybe what we're experiencing, we have to go to a higher source, and that's the Word of God. That's the Bible. That's God, what God has to say about it. And when we start looking at what we're experiencing, we start really letting unbelief in and saying, well, maybe God didn't mean this, that I'm supposed to prosper, and I'm supposed to be successful. Maybe this is His will for my life, and a pattern starts, a cycle starts. You start believing that. You're believing so much in your experience, that's what you're receiving, and it just keeps coming back. The same pattern keeps happening in your life. The same cycles happen in your life, but you have to break the pattern. You have to break through and say, I'm going to do what you say, God. I'm going to do it your way, because he is the Lord of the breakthrough. How many could use a breakthrough? 
How many could use more in their life? We don't do it just for us, even though He wants us to enjoy life. We, when we have resources and we have supply, we can minister to others. I had a person tell me one time, I don't want to hear you preach on prosperity. So, well, I have to tear out three quarters of the Bible. So there's 500 verses on prayer. There's 500 verses or so, a little less, on faith. Over 2,000 on money and stewardship. That's just tear that out of the Bible. They said, well, look, I have more than enough. God has blessed me. I'm fine. Me and mine, we're fine. I don't need any more. I said, you're selfish. You're selfish because what a blessing you could be if you could minister to someone else. What if there was a young couple that God laid on your heart, newly, newlyweds, maybe they're going through a tough time, and you can come and pay their car off? Would that be a blessing? I just think that might be an influence for the kingdom. I was fortunate enough to be able to bless someone on the job they were having marriage difficulties. And Ellen and I had the money to send a thousand, a thousand, thousand roses, twelve roses, a dozen. A thousand would have been. <laughs> oh, let me just tell you, the dozen did the job. <laughs> thousand. A dozen did the job, but what was the blessing? We had the money to do it. And what it did, it, it spoke of his love for her. He didn't want to receive it. He said, no, you can't do that. I'll pay you back. I said, no. You're believing God? Let me do this. And he did it. He came back and, and, and thanked me. And he said, I never told her. I said, don't. Don't have to. <laughs> Amen? Being the influence, being the blessing to those around us. It says it's more blessed to give than receive. Last time I checked. Isn't it fun to give at Christmas? Once you have kids, it gets, it's more fun to give to your kids than really for you to receive. Because there's something in us. Once you believe in Jesus and accept Him as Lord, something in you that wants to be generous, something in you that wants to bless, that wants to give to others. It's called the love of God. It's called a part of Him being released through us. But boy, you have to be wise. You have to pay your bills. You have to have a budget. There's stewardship. And I, I might talk about that in the, in the series because in the Bible there's three levels of stewardship. But stewardship means we, we manage the resources that God has placed in our hands. We manage it for Him. He's the owner. So I'm managing the resources what He's blessed me with to bring honor and glory to the owner. That's stewardship. And I don't steward or manage my own way. I manage the way he said to manage. Thank you, Lord. It's quiet in this place. I'm not saying that you start 
doing things God's way to everything's not going to be perfect. There's going to be challenges, but God will honor and bless the tither. God will honor and bless those that are givers, a generous heart. God will be there. Amen? In Romans 12, verse 2, it says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So I've got to trust the Word of God. It's got to be the final authority in my life. This is what I believe. This is why I speak. And it doesn't matter what I see, what I feel, what's going on around me. I go back to what God says. I say, I believe you. See, faith is more than just believing the promises of God and believing for a breakthrough. It's believing God even when what I'm seeing and experiencing does not line up with what he says. I still choose to trust God's word. I still choose to trust and believe the Bible, what God says, even though I'm not seeing it, not experiencing it. See, faith goes beyond believing the promises. I trust you, God, even when I don't understand. Even when it doesn't make sense, I still trust you. You know what that's called? Faith. God is pleased by, say, faith. The Bible says it's impossible to please Him without faith. Impossible. So we give Him faith. We give Him our trust. But it says here that your thinking has to change. Your thinking has to change. Your soul, your mind, your intellect has to change to what God says. You want to go to a new place, a new level? You want to be successful? You've got to change your thinking. You've got to stop saying, it'll never happen for me. I'll never get this car paid off. I'll never do this. I'll never have that. You've got to change that. To what God says. You've got to change your thinking. In Romans 8, it says to be spiritually minded is life and peace. 3 John 2, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. All things. And be in health just as your soul prospers. He's telling us here that the prosperity, your well-being, your health is linked to the prosperity or the progress that you're making in your thinking and in your soul. You've got to, when faced with something that is not what God says, on the inside say, I reject that. You've got to say it because you discern the will of God because you've been listening to His voice by getting in the Word of God. It will change everything. Half the stuff you'll see on TV, then you'll reject. But that's okay. You can still enjoy TV. Just, that's not for me. Didn't you hear something? That's not for me. This is what I believe. I believe what God says. And God will bless because you're, you're releasing faith to Him. 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord is not slack concerning this promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but should all come to repentance. God doesn't want anyone to go to hell. Everybody believe that? He doesn't want anyone to be lost, to spend eternity in the place that was 
punishment for his arch enemy, Satan, and his cohorts, the one that followed him. Now, if that's the will of God, let me ask you, is the will of God being done everywhere? Is every person you know headed for heaven? Is everyone going to be saved? The Bible says they're not going to be. So you cannot base your experience on the will of God. The only place that you can find the will of God is in the Word. So if my experience doesn't look like the Word of God, I trust God's Word over my experience. I just have to say that's good preaching. That got to me. I just, okay. Why didn't God make all except Jesus? You know, if it's his will, why didn't he just make everyone except Jesus Christ the Lord of their life? Because love always gives a choice. Love gives a choice. It doesn't force, force you. I come to Ellen, say, I want to marry you. She says, why? I say, because your dad said he's going to shoot me if I don't. That's not going to go over very well. I sent you some flowers, honey. Why did you do this? I had to. It was in the little journal here. I'm doing this devotion every day. said, send flowers to your wife. I didn't want to, really, but I did it. I hope you like them. God is love, and He gave us a choice. Hello? Love gives a choice. Love didn't manipulate. Love didn't squeeze you and constrain you and make you do something. He wants your free will. He wants you to choose Him. Just like us. Wouldn't you rather have someone choose to love you than know that someone is forcing them to be good to you, be kind to you? But God wants us to prosper, and we have a part to play in this. In Romans chapter 8, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? If God is for you financially... What can be against you? A pastor doesn't say financially here. No, it says all things. Read the rest of it. He'll freely give you all things. One of the all things is prosperity. If God is for you financially, you're blessed. The thing is, we have a part to play in order for Him to bless. It's not just going to fall out of the sky and happen to us. We have a part to play, as we heard earlier. Michael Taylor walks in an anointing to get special deals. He tells me all the time, 75% off. He gets these deals. It's, it's God's favor. It's a blessing of the Lord. 
To be blessed is to have supernatural power working for you. Cursed is having supernatural power working against you. You remember the Garden of Eden, there was two trees. The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God had Adam and Eve in the garden. And there's probably millions of trees in this garden. Perfect place, beautiful place. And God said, look, this one tree here, this is my tree. Don't eat from this tree. If you eat from this tree, the day that you eat from it, you will die. So don't eat from that tree. And we know the enemy came, and the enemy said, God's holding back on you. All these trees they could eat from, God's holding back on you. And they ate of the tree. And they died spiritually. They died that day. What was that one tree? God owned the garden. And he always has something for himself to point and show that he's the owner. He always has a place of lordship as being God. And he has his, and he says, don't touch that. He still has that today. He says, don't touch that. It's mine. And when you do that, he said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to take care of you. It is a type of a, a test, you know. I don't believe God tests us and tempts us with evil. But see, the word is a test. Are you going to do what he said or not? Are we going to do it his way or not? His way is blessed. Your way is not. Choose life. And not the curse. What will we choose? Children of Israel, they were going to a land flowing with milk and honey. God told them, be blessed, they'd lend to other countries. In Exodus 13, 2, he said, Concentrate, Consecrate to me every firstborn male, the first offspring of every womb among the Israelites, Belongs to me, whether man or animal. Sixteen times he said the firstborn male belongs to me. The clean animal was the animal that you could eat. An unclean animal was the animal you couldn't eat. You could eat the lamb. It was a clean animal, the sheep. But the donkey, they didn't eat donkeys. And what God says, when you had the donkey... You had to, well, let me say, the clean animal, the firstborn, you sacrificed. Because it belonged to God. The firstborn belongs to God. If you had your donkey as a donkeyette, baby, what do you do? You had to go and get the clean, and the clean animal had to be sacrificed to cleanse the unclean animal. So the donkey got, when the donkey was born, a lamb was slain and sacrificed to cover it. And when you did this, the rest was covered or blessed. When you did what God said, the rest of, 
as they're giving birth and they're multiplying, the rest are blessed when you give the first to God because God must be first. He is first. He doesn't do very well at second because he's not there at second. You can't find him because he's first. Say first. So you put God first. So you could say once you, you gave that sacrifice was made, it redeemed the rest. The rest were covered, the rest were blessed. Coming down in verse 12, it says, You are to give, give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. All the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. Redeem with a lamb every firstborn donkey. But if you do not redeem it, break its neck. Redeem every firstborn among your sons. So you had your, the law of firstborns belongs to God. When you had a child, your firstborn male, there was a sacrifice made to redeem the child, to pay the price. But this is symbolic of Jesus. You remember when he was eight, eight days old, his parents took him to the temple, and he was the firstborn male, and they did a sacrifice to pay the price for his redemption. And really, he was clean. But anyway, the, the price was paid. And it's a symbolic picture, if you think about it. We were unclean, yet the clean Christ was sacrificed on the cross to redeem all the unclean. All the sinful us was redeemed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus because it was clean blood and it could pay the price. His sacrifice paid the price for us to be redeemed and be a part of the family of God. Aren't you glad for the cross? Aren't you glad for the price that was paid? The wisdom of God... Uh, just the, the pictures and the scriptures as we see. And that's the reason John said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He was pointing back to the law of firstborn. He was pointing back to the law of first things. Even in the New Covenant, he was saying, Behold the Lamb. The Lamb. And they knew that that was the Messiah. They didn't understand everything. They thought he was going to set up his kingdom. But what he was, was the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world to redeem us and to bless us and to set us free. So Jesus was God's firstborn. He was born clean, perfect, unblemished, pure, spotless Lamb of God. We were all born unclean. We needed uh, Jesus, his sacrifice to redeem us. So God gave his first fruits offering. That's the offering he gave. First fruits offering. The firstborn was the life of Christ. Or you could say that God's tithe was Jesus. He gave his firstborn. Have you ever wondered how God could justify or righteously take the lives of all the Egyptians? The firstborn, you remember the, the angel came and he was take the life of the firstborn? The reason he could 
is because the firstborn belonged to God. He had a legal right to them because they belonged to him. What happened to the Israelites? The Israelites, their firstborns, there was a lamb sacrifice for the household, and the blood was put on the mantle, which it's a symbol of the cross when you study it out, and they were protected. The first belongs to God. I was talking to someone yesterday. They didn't know I was going to do this series. And they were talking to me the blessing of being a tither. And they said, I would never, ever go without tithing. I said, me too. Seen too much. It was hard to get started. I wasn't making it as it was. Tithe, tithing. And I made the stand, said, we're going to tithe. We were in agreement. We're going to tithe. And we did it, and God's always been faithful. He's always been there. It takes faith to tithe. <laughs> it takes faith to tithe before you pay the bills. He didn't say tithe after <laughs> you pay all the bills. Doesn't take faith in. Cain, remember he brought, brought his crops to the Lord, it says in the process of time. The reason his wasn't respected by God, he didn't bring his first fruits. The first. This happened for your firstborn, your fruits, your land, uh, the first of your increase. All these things you're to bring first to the Lord. That's the reason we meet on the first day of the week. The first to God. It's to bless the rest of our week. He redeems the rest. Abel brought the first. He brought his, of his flock the firstborn. He brought, and this is before the law. You find the principle of tithing before the law, during the law, and after the law. In the new covenant, in the grace of God. Malachi 3.8 says, Will a man rob God? Yet you're robbing me. But you say, how have, you robbed, how have we robbed you in tithes and offerings? You're cursed with a curse, for you're robbing me, the whole nation of you. The tithe, the firstborn, the firstfruits all belong to God. The tithe is 10% of your income. So he's saying here, return to me. And I have people say, well, this is old covenant. Well, when you read the verse in uh, verse 6 before this, he said, I'm the Lord your God, and I change not. I don't change. This is an eternal principle from the Garden of Eden, from Genesis to Revelation. You find first things belong to God. It's His. But people say, well, it's old covenant. Well, let me ask you a question. It says, thou shalt not commit adultery. Do we not commit adultery? Or maybe you, if you're married, just ask your wife. Is it okay I'd like to commit adultery? And see if she says, oh, that's old covenant. We're under grace now. Go ahead, dear. What about it says, thou shalt not murder. Look at Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not steal. There are eternal principles in the old covenant that are still true today. Yeah, there's some ceremonial stuff we don't do. Thank God we don't have to do. 
God knew when Ellen needed to be born. It was not during the time of slaying of animals and stuff. But many times we want to divorce the Testaments, and uh, really it's still the Word of God. We need to know, but there's, there's grace for us. I think I'm on, uh, just stop here because I've got a lot more. I'm just going to, uh, at the end of your notes there, and we'll take this up uh, next time. That's really an introduction. But number one, the, tithe, the first belongs to God. Number two, tithing is acknowledging God is first. Number three, the tithe is consecrated to the Lord and for God's house. The tithe, firstborn and firstfruits all belong to God. Is an unchanging principle established by an unchanging God. An overflowing blessed life begins with understanding and acceptance of the principle of the tithe. So what we want you to do is if you're not a tither, pray. Pray about taking the step and trusting God in this area. It will revolutionize your life. It'll ch it will change everything uh, when you take this step. God will bless and God will show you things that are just remarkable. Where's uh, is Johnny here? And Shallow? Where are they? Shallow, where's Air Force? They shared, um, this was last week. They also did not on the series. Um, that they decided to try tithing. And they, they did. And they went to pay their rent. And their rent had been paid. Now, I can't guarantee you that's going to happen to you. But I can guarantee you this, that God's word is true. And anytime you put him first, he's going to bless. He's going to bless your life. That caused a little bit of excitement in our household. He's a good God. And he won't, he won't force us. It's our choice because he loves us. He wants us to choose to do his word or not. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you so much for your word today. We love you so much, Father. We thank you that you're a good father. You're a good, good God. And you've given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. You want us blessed more than we want to be blessed. But Lord, we want to... We want to be blessed. We want to have our thinking changed and stirred up, Lord, that there's no limits in you. There's always more available for all of us in you. God, there's always places that we can give more to you. And God, we want you to evaluate our lives and look in our hearts. And there's there are places that you're not first. We want you to be first. We want to make a decision Tithing is not about having enough money. It takes a decision. It's just a decision away to trust God. And Lord, I, I thank you that you speak to our hearts. Thank you for this loving family. Thank you, Lord, for the tithers and the givers. Thank you for the generosity 
thank you for the love of, of this congregation, this family. So much love here. So much peace. So much goodness. But Lord, we want to see everyone blessed. We want to see more for each single person. We want them blessed. We want the couples blessed. We want the young people blessed. We want to see increase in full provision. Abundant supply. And Lord, it all starts with accepting you as Lord. If today you never accepted Jesus as Lord, we'll give you an opportunity to make the greatest decision of your life. Making Him Lord. Calling upon Him to be your everything. If that's you today, I want you to just lift your hand. No one looking around. You want to make a decision for Christ. I'll not embarrass you. We'll all pray together. Maybe you have prayed this before but you know your relationship's not right with God and you need to make it right if that's you I want you to lift your hand also put him first today put him first he's worthy of being first in your life and he desires to take care of you and no one can take care of you no one like our father father I thank you for these that you ministered to your salvation, your goodness. And right now, we ask the Lord Jesus Christ, just say this after me. I ask the Lord Jesus Christ to be the Lord of my life. That I will have eternal life. That when I leave this place, I'll go straight to heaven. Lord, you're first in my life. I make that decision now. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the price that was paid. And I receive your provision and your love. Holy Spirit, fill me that I'll be able to live this life with supernatural help that can only come from you. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said, Amen. I stand. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. Yeah.